0: The Carolina Panthers have four major issues they need to fix on their offensive line. One of them was glaringly obvious a year ago, the lack of depth on the O-line. Let's talk about it right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Fridays throughout the offseason, I'll be right here on Locked On Panthers answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions. But what you need to do is at me or DM me. First, follow me on Twitter at Julian Council and ask questions there in my DMs. And y'all need some questions for tomorrow's show, so get them in right now. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com, such Locked On NFL, and use code all in lowercase Locked On NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. The Carolina Panthers. They got four major issues on this offensive line. They have the icky Aquanu problem that we solved three weeks ago. They also have the issue of what to do with the contracts of Taylor Moten, $29 million cap hit, and Austin Corbett, $10 million cap hit, and he's had back-to-back major knee surgeries. And yesterday, we talked about the Carolina Panthers issue at center, and whether it's time for the first time in, hmm, wow, I guess, 17 years the Carolina Panthers go out. Oh, no. Yeah, 17 years the Carolina Panthers go out there and draft an off a center in the NFL draft. I've not done that since Ryan Khalil. So talk about that. Yesterday talked about the Corbett and Moten part of it the other day and then we got, a couple weeks ago we were able to talk about Ike Aquano. So please go back and listen to that as this has been an ongoing series of how to fix the Carolina Panthers offensive line this offseason as we continue to review the Carolina Panthers 2023 season and look at ahead to what's going to happen once the new league year begins in about a month or so here coming up in March. But on today's show, let's discuss the final issue that I see the Carolina Panthers offensive line has and needs to be solved. And it's an issue that quite honestly, every team outside of maybe five in the NFL have and that is a lack of depth on the O-line. Now the Panthers have a serious lack of depth on the offensive line. We saw it play out this season as there was a litany of injuries especially at the guard spots and the Panthers Did not play well when they had to bring in some of the younger and even veteran players to step in to those spots. We all know the number by now. The Panthers played seven different left guards, eight different right guards in 2023. I do not care how talented of a football team you have. If that is going to be the case, you are not going to win games at all in the NFL. You are not going to go to the playoffs. You're not going to have a winning record. It's just not going to happen. Now, you may not finish 2-15 and 15 like the Carolina Panthers, who had far more issues than just the offensive line, but you're likely not going to have the kind of success that you would like to have if that's going to be the case for an offensive line at the NFL level. Probably the same thing can be said at college and in high school and any level of football because it is a line of scrimmage game and the Carolina Panthers struggled mightily on the line of scrimmage. Now, looking at it, two of the players that had to step in to those left guard and right guard spots this season were two young players the Carolina Panthers have drafted the past two draft class. One of them was Cade Mays, who the Carolina Panthers took in the sixth round of the 2022 NFL draft. Cade Mays, looking at pro football focus, he had a 58.3 overall grade playing both the left guard and right guard spots. Had a 43 pass blocking grade, a 71.2 run blocking grade, which is quite good. Chandler Zavala who was the other young offensive guard that stepped in at times this season, had a 26.2 overall grade, a paltry 7.1 pass blocking grade, recorded a zero pass blocking grade, by the way, in that Seahawks loss and a 41.5 run blocking grade. The two of them were brutal. Now, Mays was a little bit better. Well, I don't want to say – it seems like maybe may be a lot better than Chandler Zavala, but still – wasn't overwhelmingly strong in too many areas outside of his run blocking ability which of course is important it's disappointing though that those two players who the Panthers spent draft capital on the last two years couldn't step up and really help the team move forward when Brady Christensen and Austin Corbett who only combined to play a total of five games this season went down with their injuries, and also Corbett just was not available to start out the first six games of the season, it's the, probably the most discouraging part about the offensive line, aside from the regression of Ikiakuanu, is that younger players that you think maybe down the line can step up and be starters, when they got the opportunity, albeit as young players, they did not play well. And I understand that the offensive line especially uh, is, is a p- developmental position uh, at every level that you just don't step in and immediately have success unless you're a truly special player. We saw that from Icky back in 2022, did not see it as much this past season as he cont- continues to adapt to the NFL and figure out whether he truly is a left tackle or if he needs to play guard. But. Unless you're a truly special player, you're going to have those growing pains. And we saw that this past year with Cade Mays and Chandler Zavala. And it's especially discouraging when you think about Mays as a second-year player. Zavala was somebody who this coaching staff and the, the past coaching staff was talking about. He could come in the training camp and compete. With Brady Christensen for the left guard position because he played a total of five games with Ikki at NC State. So apparently they had some sort of rapport that was built across those five games during the 2022 season, 21 season rather, that would lead the Panthers to think that Zavala could step in and be a starting left guard had he not started off on Pup, which essentially ended any sort of competition there would have been at left guard between him and Brady Christensen. I did not see anything out of Chandler's ball this past season to lead me to believe that he was ever going to push him and moving forward. It's hard to really project where he's headed. Same thing with Cade Mays as both those players are going to be under review. The general manager that drafted him, them, the head coach that drafted them are gone This is a completely different general manager who, of course, was a part of the scouting staff. And that changes the calculus a little bit. Different person. It's it's very possible that Dan Morgan was not on board of some of the draft decisions that were made the last couple of years. We don't really know. It's not as clear as a lot of people would like it to be. Very murky. What player was that coach's preference? What player was that scout's preference? We'll never know. But what we do know is Carolina Panthers have not drafted At a high level, as is evidenced by the struggles of Chandler Zavala and Cade Mays when called upon to play at guard this past season in 2023. But what is important moving forward, though, is that Harold Goodwin, Harold Goodman, rather, the assistant head coach and run game coordinator here in Carolina and Joe Gilbert, the offensive line coach, both of them coming over from Tampa Bay. Gilbert has two Super Bowl rings, having worked in Pittsburgh and in Tampa. Goodman also has one, having won in Tampa a couple years ago. It's vitally important that those two guys, the two of the first four hires we've seen Dave Canales officially make on his offensive staff, come in here and get those players to the point where, if they make the team, they can be passable NFL offensive linemen moving forward. They don't have to start. We'll see what the Panthers want to do as far as I think Moten should be back. We'll see what happens with Corbett. Icky will be starting at some spot on the offensive line. I would guess the same thing with Brady Christensen. And then we'll see what happens with Bradley Bozen. Like The five starters from last year, as this is what makes things a little bit more complicated when coming uh, up with discussion points about trying to fix the offensive line. They're all under contract. You can bring them back if they're all healthy. It's probably more like the unit you saw in 2022 than the unit you saw last year when they weren't healthy. But there's still the question of, are they good enough to protect Bryce Young? And can you run the risk of not doing anything at all, sitting on your hands and hoping that the continuity will get them playing good football again? You can't do that, especially if you don't know if the backups, like Mays and like Zavala, are not playing at even a passable replacement level in the NFL when they're called upon at the guard spot. So that was one of the disappointing things. Nas Jensen, a UDFA at North Dakota State, he also didn't play well, but not really surprising. Had a 34.7 overall grade, had a 33.7 pass-blocking grade, 38.6 run-blocking grade. Just brutal. He was pulled multiple times. It was back-to-back weeks. It was the Atlanta game. And then I want to say it was the Packers game the week after that where he was pulled in the second half in favor of the veteran Gabe Jackson who came in and actually played really well against the Falcons but did not play all that well the rest of the way in the season. He's a young player who the previous staff really liked. We'll see what this staff thinks about him and whether he can be one of those developmental guys along with Cade Mays, Chandler Zavala. Ricky Lee from a and and some of the other young offensive linemen. So Harold Goodman, Joe Gilbert, those are two of the most important hires here in Carolina that those guys are able to get the most out on offensive line that really struggled last year with injuries and just with guys developing and performing at a high level on Sunday. So lack of depth, especially when it comes to some of the young players that the Panthers have used draft assets on, is a serious concern moving forward and something that needs to be fixed with development. Now, the Carolina Panthers, it's not like they haven't tried to bring in good offensive linemen. They have drafted five offensive linemen across the last three drafts. Only got six draft picks coming up. Is it worth using another draft pick on an O-Lyman? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class exclusive Google built-in is your always updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google has Google Maps and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. Nissan's incredible lineup also includes the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Has room up to eight an expansive cargo capacity, and advanced available 4x4 capability with 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds towing. And when adventure calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. The Carolina Panthers, like most teams in the NFL, have a problem when it comes to depth on the offensive line. When they saw Austin Corbett go out for the season, they saw Brady Christensen play only one game this season. They struggled mightily to find guys who replaced him on the O-line at both the guard positions, having to play seven different left guards and eight different right guards. And it's not like they played uh, to the varying levels of competency as there was really no competency from any of those guys when they stepped in there this past season talking about Chandler Zavala, Cade Mays, two of the younger players on the roster, also Nash Jensen. I don't think it's necessarily that surprising that a Nash Jensen, an undrafted free agent, would struggle. There's a reason why he was an undrafted free agent out of North Dakota State, had a ton of experience playing in college football at the FCAF's level, but this is the NFL. And he didn't get drafted. And there's a reason why it took a long time for him to go out there and play. And when he got the opportunity, he was pulled in back-to-back games. Looking at Chandler Zabala. Spent time playing at NC State with Iki Aquanu, A total of five games. Yes, they had all the practice time, training camp time, all of that. But I didn't really see the connection that the coaching staff apparently saw when it came to Zavala and Aquano other than yes of course they play on the same team but it's not like they played a lot of games together and when he got the opportunity whether it's at right guard or left guard Zavala really struggled this past season and hope is with a new coaching staff that he will improve and then Cade Mays solid outings at points and times last year played seemingly better at left guard than right guard the thought was that he would be a better right guard than left guard I don't know what it was Cade Mays at least was good when it came to run blocking pass blocking was better than the other guys that I mentioned that were younger players but there's still a long way to go and Cade Mays a second year player that helps with the experience we'll see what he's able to provide for the Carolina Panthers him ends of all in potentially Nas Jensen moving forward as the Carolina Panthers need to be able to develop some younger players and it's not like the Panthers haven't tried to fix the offensive line that's the Disappointing thing about last season, Scott Fitter had talked about you know, we got here, we tried to fix the defense. We see that was even before he got here with the Panthers used all seven of their draft picks during the 2020 draft on defensive players. But even after that, they spent a lot of time getting some defensive defensive players. They got JC Horn, number one or number eight overall, but that was their first pick in the 2020. One draft, they spent a bunch of capital on free agents and even trading for guys like Stephon Gilmore. They traded for C.A. Henderson. It was very clear they were trying to fix the defense, especially – the defensive secondary then they try to fix the offensive line I never really understood the signings of Pat Elf and Cam Irving but again you have to go out there and you got to find somebody to start on the O-line and when you're a team like Carolina that's basically starting over in that aspect you're gonna have to go at the bottom of the barrel and that's what they did and well we're not really surprised by the results that played out that season and even had they been healthy don't think that they would have played at a high level but he felt like Scott Federer did the former general manager here in Carolina at the Panthers offensive line was was in a position where you could drop a quarterback in there. Now, did he understand that the offensive skill position players were terrible and the running backs weren't all that great either and tight ends and weren't offering much in the pass game? I guess not. He missed out on that, which is why he's not here and why Frank Reich and that coaching staff is also gone in Carolina. And it's possible that a lot of us also underestimated or overestimated, rather, this offensive line. I certainly did. I felt like this was a strength for the Carolina Panthers. It had gone from, arguably, one of the biggest weaknesses – alongside the quarterback position, to one of the greatest strengths. And now here we are in the offseason of 2024, and the quarterback position is still uh, a a weakness based off what we saw from Bryce last year. There are reasons why – He struggled last season. And you heard C.J. Stroud actually defending him this past week about the situation here in Carolina, comparing it to his in Houston. Um, But, yeah, Bryce Young didn't play well, and that's a massive question mark. The offensive line, as we've discussed over these four episodes, is also a massive question mark. But, again, the Carolina Panthers, they have tried to fix the O-line. They've gone out there, and they have drafted Ikiakuanu in the first round. They've gone out and drafted Brady Christensen in the third round. They went out and went and got – Bradley Bozeman, then they re-signed him. They signed Austin Corbett, who was excellent his first year in Carolina before going down with the ACL tear in the final game of the season. Taylor Moten, they extended him. They've kept him around. They restructured his deal. He's somebody that has been an Ironman for this team. They have gone through the draft. They've gone through free agency, and they have put together an offensive line that they felt like was capable. But with the injuries and the lack of depth, we saw this O-line was not capable this past season, and it begs the question whether you should go into 2024 with the same starting five, if healthy, or if it's time to mix some things up because of maybe the roles not being right, or just the overall performance just not being up to snuff for what you need in front of Bryce Young. Now, the Panthers have drafted five offensive linemen over the past three drafts. They drafted Chandler Zavala in the fourth round of 2023. Iki Aquano in the first round of 2022. Cade Mays in the sixth round of 2022 draft. Brady Christensen in the third round of 2021. Deontay Brown in the sixth round of 2021. And you have seen Zavala start games. You've seen Iki Aquano start every game of his career so far. Cade Mays has started games. Brady Christensen has started a lot of games when healthy. Deontay Brown has never started a game. I don't think – he may have started the game late in – it might have been the final game of the 2021 season where he got – I know he got burned in that game. I don't know if he started in that game, but you've gotten production. You've seen those guys go out there and play. Now, have you gotten quality production from Christensen? Yes. From Aquanu? At times, yes. Uh, From the rest of them? Well, not really. But the Panthers have tried. And that's the frustrating thing about the whole offensive line situation. It's like, okay, go sign another offensive lineman. We've seen them go in free agency, and we have seen that Pat Offline and and Cam Irving were honestly like worse than some of the guys that they gone out and drafted. Like the the best they've done when it comes to like they went and got Corbett, they got Poseman. That worked out as well. And there's gonna be the varying degrees of hit rates when it comes to those free agents. Just the best way to be able to build on the offensive line is by drafting players. So it ain't for a lack of trying y'all. And Dan Morgan now is a GM having been the head of the scouting department. I'm very curious if he's gonna be able to find those dogs who can go out there and actually be road graders and, and can protect Bryce Young when he's in the pocket. The Carolina Panthers, as we know, have the 33rd overall pick in the draft, 65th overall pick in the draft, which comes in the third round. They have their own fourth-round pick. San Francisco's fifth-round pick from the McCaffrey trade, Tennessee's fifth-round pick from the daily trade, and Arizona's sixth-round pick from the Robbie then-known-as-Anderson trade. Is it worth using another one of those on an offensive lineman I talked about on the show yesterday yesterday? that if a guy like Graham Barton out of Duke who played tackle in college but is projected as a center, Mel Kiper Jr. really likes him as a center in a lot of teams. I've seen a lot of reports out there, not even reports, but scouting. I guess scouting reports. Uh, but draft people say that they think that Graham Barton can transition into the center position. It may take a little bit of time, maybe sit behind Bozeman for a year. If he's available, hell, if there's some way that Jackson Powers Johnson out of Oregon is available, I would love to take A center at 33rd overall brought up the point that Mike K made in his latest mailbag at the Charlotte Observer saying that the Carolina Panthers, whatever they do with that second round pick, they need to use it on someone who's going to impact the passing game, whether that's an edge rusher, whether that's an offensive lineman. When it comes to pass protecting, it's a receiver. They got to go out there and find somebody that can affect the passing game, especially in a positive way for the Carolina Panthers. I do think that they likely, depending on what happens in free agency, need to address the offensive line via the draft again. But just because they do that, does not mean it's going to work out for them in the long run, as we have seen with a couple of players like Brown, never really worked out here. Christensen has worked out. Mays, uh, still just a backup anyway. It's not like he was being expected to start. Aquanu, I still think it can work at left tackle. We'll see whether it does work, but he's going to be able to work at some spot on the offensive line. And Zavala, going to need to see a lot more development before I really believe in it. It's not like they've flat out missed on all these players. Just had some tough luck of injuries and just young players having to step into roles when they're not really ready to step into those roles. But now they need to find a way to bring in some younger players and actually develop them because that has not happened the last couple of seasons. So I do think it's worth going out there and drafting someone again in 2024 uh, when we get to May for the draft. Oh, but man, it's not uh, it's not as clear as they're going to do that and then instantly they get a player that comes in and helps his team. But it's worth a try. The Panthers keep trying. Keep going out there. it Keep doing it because the veterans have not been great. Now, the veteran options last year were a stroke, And the Carolina Panthers, certainly, if they're going to go after some more veterans, they got to do a better job when it comes to hitting on those guys. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when subscribed to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from their other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th get started at robinhood.com/boost subscription fees apply and now for some legal info The Carolina Panthers needed to develop some depth across their offensive line after really struggling in 2023. And it's difficult when you lose your starting guards and you have to continually change them out because there's players that get injured like a Zabala or just don't play at a high enough level like a Cade Mays and some of the other veterans. It's hard to have success on the O-line. It's not like the Carolina Panthers haven't tried to fix their O-line. They've spent plenty of draft capital on them. They've gone out there in free agency and tried to sign some veterans, and some have worked, some have not worked. So I think the Carolina Panthers really need to focus on, with Harold Goodman, the assistant head coach, last running game coordinator coming in here, and Joe Gilbert, the new offensive line coach, they really need to focus on Getting guys like Chandler Zavala, like Cade Mays, maybe Nash Jensen, Ricky Lee, some of the younger players that were UDFA's the past year, getting them up to speed to where next year, if called upon, they can step in and there won't be a massive drop-off. Now, at some spots, like with Taylor Moten, if he goes out, then yes, I expect a pretty big drop-off there at tackle. That's one of the things that was really befuddling this past year. The Carolina Panthers played the entirety of the season without a true swing tackle. I had advocated for Cam Irving to come back and be a swing tackle like last year in the offseason and then didn't really play well in the preseason. Now, No one on the offensive line really played well in the preseason. But being a vested veteran, the Carolina Panthers figured let's not go out there and keep the guy on the roster. Don't want to guarantee his contract. They could have brought him back after week one. They never did that. And fortunately, went throughout the entire season without needing to put in another tackle out there to replace Taylor Moten or Iki Aquano. And fans were calling for Aquano to move the guard. There was no one on the roster who could have stepped in there at left tackle to replace him, even if they the Panthers decided to do that. It's – Honestly, really surprising. They went throughout the entire season without having a swing tackle. That has to be a priority this offseason, finding some veteran that can be a swing tackle for this team. Cannot have another year where if Aquano struggles, you don't have someone else who can go out there and replace him. Cannot have another year where in the event that one of those guys goes down, which, you know, knock on wood, that has not been the case at all so far in their careers. uh, You need to have somebody who's capable. Who can help? And, you know, any jumbo package, having a swing tackle is something that you absolutely need on your rosters. The Panthers got to do a better job developing some of the young players. The hope is with the new Buck staffers that are coming to Carolina who worked at Canales last year that they can do that. The draft, I do think it's – worth going out and getting another offensive lineman, especially if you can find your center of the future to possibly just sit back behind Bozeman for a year. If they're good enough, they can start. And you know, Bozeman can play the center spot. He can also play guard, and that helps improve your depth across the offensive line. But another thing they got to do is they got to hit on some veteran option, whether that's a swing tackle or a veteran stepping in to play guard or center for the Carolina Panthers. They did a terrible job when it came to that last year. Calvin Throckmorton, who they were able to claim. Off of waivers, reason why he was cut from his previous team. In 10 games of the Panthers, he posted a 50.6 overall grade, according to Pro Football Focus, a 55.7 pass blocking grade, 44.2 run blocking grade. Not ideal. There's a reason why the Panthers decided to move on from him, and they did it, and the guys that stepped in Weren't all that much better, but I do think May is looking at his numbers. Cade Mays again was 58.3, 43 pass blocking, 71.2. So he actually was better uh, across the board as outside of pass blocking. I think Calvin Throckmorton was last year, and he's a young player that you would like to develop and see so get reps. Justin McRae was one of those older players who had spent time. In Houston and in Cleveland with James Campin, the former offensive line coach, he understood what Campin wanted and came in here, didn't make the roster. He's also somebody who didn't play well in the preseason, was signed to the practice squad, got a couple opportunities this season, went out for the rest of the season with a like calf injury that was suffered on the first play of the game. That was the Panthers' luck this past year in New Orleans in that game. Uh, three games. They played 41.0 overall grade, 39.5 pass blocking grade, 49.2 run blocking grade. Not good enough from the veteran that was brought in by the former offensive line coach. If Joe Gilbert and Harold Goodman are going to bring in a veteran who they have experience with, that veteran better damn well play much better than what they saw last year out of Justin McCray here in Carolina. Gabe Jackson, he was interesting Former Seahawk came in late into the season. Panthers gave him a little bit of time before they wanted to throw him out. They replaced. Nash Jensen in back-to-back games, actually in that Falcons game when he came in relief of Jensen, he was pretty good. Had 72.2 overall grade, 71.9 pass blocking grade. Now, he almost led to what would have been a soul-crushing fumble and recovered by Atlanta on Bryce Young. Fortunately, Bryce was able to recover that, and turnovers were the difference in that game on that rainy Sunday here in Carolina. He had a 78.7 run blocking grade, which we did see immediately his impact as far as that goes. But overall, the four games that he played, he Played well against Atlanta after that. Did not play well the rest of the way. 58.1 overall grade, which on this offensive line is pretty standard. Had a 48.9 pass blocking grade and then a 63.1 run blocking grade, which again is pretty standard across the offensive line. So Gabe Jackson, as far as one of those veterans, wasn't too bad for the Carolina Panthers, but you would like to find somebody out there that can give you more than what Throckmorton, McCray, and Gabe Jackson have given the Carolina Panthers. And you're asking these guys to come in and be backups. I think the Panthers... Right now, you want to have Moten back at right tackle. You want to have – got to figure out what Corbett, his knee, and whether it makes sense. But you would like to have an Austin Corbett back knowing that when healthy, he's a good offensive lineman for you. Like when fully healthy, not coming off of all that rehab and not having played and gone through camp. I think he's going to be able to go through the offseason program this year with it only being an MCL. So if he comes back – goes through all of OTAs. They even give him the opportunity. Now we got to wait and see whether that's what they want to do. Um, but they give him the opportunity to do that with how complicated the whole deal is of his restructure from last season. Then you have the right side pretty set. And then you look at Icky. He's going to play one of those spots on the O-line. Is it possible that maybe Brady Christensen, who Matt Rule – and I know you all don't love Matt Rule. Matt Rule said, hey, Christensen, maybe one day he could play center. Is that possible? Is that going to be an option? He's not necessarily the best guard in the world for the Carolina Panthers – But we'll see. Either way, whether you got probably three of your spots figured out, and then maybe even centers figured out. You've got to figure out the other two, and maybe those are new players. Are you trying to use that with veterans? And that has worked out as far as with Bozeman and with Corbett. Didn't work out with Elfline. Did not work out with Irving. Didn't really work out when Calvin Throckmorton came in here and had to start. I you got to find some veterans to be backups. And I think that's really what they wanted Morton to be last season, but you need to find some guys that fit what they want to do scheme-wise. And that was a big problem last year. Some of these players just not fitting exactly the zone running scheme and blocking scheme of the Carolina Panthers. Utilize a season to go. Easier said than done, but certainly needs to be a priority for the Carolina Panthers. So development of the young players, probably drafting another player on the offensive line coming up here in April, and then really being able to have a keen scouting eye on some of these aging veteran players can come in and either be a swing tackle or a guard, really both to help elevate the depth here for the Carolina Panthers on their offensive line. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours Julie Julie Julian Council. Again, subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where tomorrow – I'll be back to answer your weekly Friday mailback questions either at me or DM me to get those questions into me now. And seriously, give me some questions, y'all, to answer or there will not be a show. There will be a show. I have to do five of these a week, so I'm going to do a show. But I would like to do the show with the mailback questions and hold off on some of the things I want to talk about next week until next week. So in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to y'all on Friday.